0: This is the MagicWordPodcast.com.
1: We are now starting the beginning of a full day here, which is uh, officially day two. Yesterday was a half day, but seemed like a full day. A lot of stuff going on, but we're getting kicked off here with breakfast. And Before long, we're going to be having the close-up contest. Uh, last evening, after we closed, I told you there was the Chad Long lecture, followed by... Uh, I went back up in the room and put the uh, podcast together, but at uh, 11 o'clock was uh, Chip... Romero's presentation of uh, Great Leon's Haunted House, which was really uh, interesting and a uh, pretty thorough uh, history and everything. But uh, this morning, we're uh, going to soon be having the contest. And one of the people who's going to be sitting watching the contest, not as a judge, but just uh, in his own mind judging, perhaps. <laughs> My friend and yours also, who's one of the performers here this week and lectured, Mr. Doug Kahn. Hey, Doug, good to see you. Good morning, Scott. <laughs> Always good to uh, chat with you. I didn't get to see Chad's lecture last night because I was working on that uh, podcast. So tell me what I missed over Chad's lecture.
2: Yeah, uh, fun. uh, You know, Chad is just like uh, going to the circus but at a magic (laughs) lecture. So, uh, yeah, Chad Long, you know. If you haven't seen Chad, you've missed out one of the best, funnest magic experiences in, you know, Magicopia.
1: Even if you have seen his lecture before, it's always a little bit different because the way he improvises so much is funny. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and, yeah, I've seen Chad, you know, how we've crossed paths 20 times in our life, but I made sure to be there knowing I'd see a lot of the same material I'd seen before and also knowing I'd have a great time, and I was right on both accounts.
1: Yeah. Uh, what did you think about Chip's uh, presentation last night? Wow, week? what a joy
2: that was, you know. And Chip's a dear friend of mine, and what. A a great historian he's become over the last 10, 20 years and that really showed last night with this presentation of the the great Leon the history of this piece and then he broke into some professional routines what a great uh, time to see him and killed it you know killed (laughs) it
1: He had a funny story. I thought what he was, before he did the egg bag, telling about how that some guy, when he was working a cruise ship, just walked by and said, hey, nice egg bag. And he said, wait a minute, you just can't say that. He said, who are you? And he said, I'm Johnny Thompson's son.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and to bring that story all full circle, where he had seen Johnny Thompson do that routine at the TAOM in 1970, whatever, and here we are 50 years later. And then he actually bought the bag. And now he's got Johnny Thompson's egg bag. He got through Potter and Potter. And what a great job he does with that prop. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well you could tell that he's done that several times. I mean his timing and everything. What did you think about last evening's show by the way?
2: Uh, you know, I came in I came in late last night and I missed it. So I was in the room uh, getting ready for the lectures and I missed the show. Okay. So it was a very good comment.
1: show. Very, very good. I'm sure it was. and so today you're gonna be lecturing at three o'clock and you're gonna be the
2: professional close up show tomorrow, is that right? Look, looking forward to doing some old school professional close up shows, you know.
1: And uh, today, are you going to be not only teaching tricks, but also talking a little about a little bit about being a YouTube star?
2: Yeah, you know, my my current lecture is uh, a bit of theory on street performing. My pivot to social media, and then I do some original close-up magic, and we talk about how all that works for me in a modern era.
1: How often do you do street performing anymore?
2: So I'm really picky these days. It used yeah. to be like a full-time job. Now I'll go right. out on the weekends and right. do two or three hours. Mainly these days it's with an intent of capturing some video for social media, more so than collecting money and hats. It's, uh, do you
1: set up like a little GoPro or something, or do you have someone actually film it for you?
2: Uh, currently I'm using the Insta... Instacam 360, which is a 360 camera that captures front, back, above, below, that way I get audience reactions and all the ambience in addition to the magic. I also use my cell phone Mm-hmm. And that's set up on a tripod as well. It's a one-man show.
1: Yeah, when we were at the Pebble uh, earlier this year, I think you used that uh, that camera, didn't you? Yeah,
2: I do generally set it up pretty much wherever I go. And I do endorse this for all professionals to film their material. This camera is a small unit, and you know it's a great way to review your sets, even if you're not using the material for social media and so on you know it's a great way to capture your shows
1: just to go back and take a look and see yeah. what you yeah, yeah and
2: it fits in your pocket it's like you know That was
1: kind it. of amazing i remember when you set it up in the, the tripod of course it was a lot larger than just the little thing it was it looked like almost a little bit larger than a flash drive or something
2: you know so. yeah right it's it's like two thumbs you know it's like the size of two thumbs and it's basically sets up on a selfie stick which vanishes in post so the selfie stick uh, erases itself in the production process and this camera becomes in a sense uh like a drone That can,
1: you know. And what's it called again? The Instacam 360. Okay, and it's available through Amazon or wherever? Yeah, that's
2: where I got it. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, very cool. Uh, And then you would go back and uh, put the material together. I mean, you know, you have some good shows or whatever uh, to upload to to YouTube. Do you find the work that you're doing on the weekends when you go back and do uh, the street performing in New Orleans? Mm To be a job, or is it just something fun that you like to do at this point in your life?
2: So, always fun. If it's not fun, I don't do it. You know, I think that uh, inhibits the flow of that kind of process, specifically street performing, putting yourself out in an, an environment where if it's apparent you're not really enjoying yourself, people get it and they won't stay with you to have fun.
1: Yeah.
2: So, um, yeah, it's uh, I go out there to enjoy myself, and then everything falls in place from there.
1: Do you find new people coming into New Orleans who are trying to find their own niche, yeah, and they've that, heard about New Orleans? Or?
2: That has been a constant <laughs> for 30 years of my life, and I've seen some amazing train wrecks and some amazing successes. Hmm. You know, it's a very challenging environment to street perform in New Orleans, and uh, it, it's a great way to become very good or to be beat up very quickly so <laughs> almost physically
1: huh i mean really it, it could happen yeah <laughs> well tell me about that. i was always interested like in a train wreck what have you seen like somebody in which the audience takes charge or something and the guy just, uh, just says oh i'm and then yeah, just, just you know, discouraged
2: in and, new orleans it can get double weird because we you know we have open container laws where people are roaming around with drinks in their hand and half drunk like, to begin with and then yeah <laughs> and they're not used to being in this situation you know like you get a little bit out of hand a little a little faster than you might be used to. So uh, it can get weird out there for sure. Well, you know,
1: along that line, I've had conversations about This about Will Smith and the slap, you know, that was on the Oscars a few years ago with Chris Rock, and I I felt like that that was going to be a demarcation in which that it essentially gives the audience the breaks that fourth wall that even they can walk up on stage and it's like, hey, he did it on the Oscars, you know, what's to prevent me from going up and hitting someone on a comedy club, or particularly when you're a street performer and you're walking by, if you don't like the guy, particularly if you've been drinking or something, they might. Have you found that audiences are more belligerent? of late than they were before? Were they more respectful or is it the same?
2: You know, it's. Uh, I, I would say for the most part they're respectful. The problem comes in the X factor on the street performing where you might have someone who's mentally challenged or, again, inebriated and just has no filter whatsoever to make a decision about interrupting the show. You know, they just... You know, Crazy people do crazy things, and it happens a lot in the wild. In
1: oh, they just have to shut down the show? In other words, if there's somebody that you just can't handle, I mean, you know how to handle hecklers, but at some point, like if they're emotionally disabled yeah. or whatever, I mean, you just gotta say, okay, thanks, we'll move on. Right,
2: and it's rare that it comes to that, but it does come to that on occasion. So,
1: okay. What about uh, picking out your spot?
2: So that's a process that you learn through, uh, you know, dealing with different environments. You know, in New Orleans, we'll show up. Early in the morning to get a spot, maybe two or three hours later in the day. You know, now what's early
1: for you? I mean, is that 10 a.m. or is that?
2: Uh, I get on the pitch about 8:30 or 9 to 8:00. get the good spots, and I'm usually not performing until uh-huh. 11, 12. So two or three hours early, and you can expect to be in a line, a line of three or four people in New Orleans. Uh, when you all- say
1: in line, do they take turns or? Mm-hmm. Huh.
2: Yeah, so it's first come, first serve, and then you know we use a little decorum about you know doing unto others as you'd have them do unto you, right? Because you know you're going to probably see them tomorrow. Right, and not everyone plays fair in the arena. Some people are, are a little more selfish and and don't share, and, and uh, you know, bad apples in every Now, bunch. you
1: live in New Orleans, so they, you can go down there on a regular basis, but I'm thinking about some people like Cellini, and who've been kind of touring, or used to, yeah. go up to New York, and they travel with the weather, basically, or down to the Keys, or whatever. Do you have a lot of people or friends you kind of see annually, say, hey, I'll see you next
2: year? Or? Very much so, and... It, <laughs> The life of a professional street performer is very much one that's on the move. You know, it's rare that you can be in a locale year-round because of the weather. You do need to travel, and yeah, because of that, I do see a lot of people coming through town on tour regularly.
1: What's the best time of the year for people, or typically the, the the big tourist season?
2: For New Orleans, it starts in late October and runs through early early April. You know, the the summer months are unbearably hot, so it's time to leave New Orleans.
1: Yeah, head north someplace
2: cooler. north, Europe, yeah, Yeah. Canada.
1: Have you ever competed, like, in a uh, busker festival?
2: You know, I haven't. As we sit here at the TAOM, I had my one and only competition experience when I was a young man, and it broke me as I made some bad mistakes. Never again, huh? It was a one of. (laughs) Oh, memories. (laughs)
1: And not good ones, particularly. Yeah,
2: I was doing sleeving material. I I walked into the first room, and I knocked a chair over, and I bent down to pick up the chair, and everything falls out of my
3: sleeve. I'll be right back.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, this experience is over.
1: (laughs) So the judges. I guess uh, you know how that's done. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So. Well. Doug, always good uh, talking with you and uh, seeing you at all the different conventions uh, over this last year as, as well. It's kind of funny, as I've just recently moved and I was going through a bunch of books, Tom Vorjahan was helping me unpack some boxes, and he pulled out the Doug Con book, you know, from my, yeah. out of the box and put it back in the shelf. He said, oh, I'll take this with you and have Doug sign it. And I said, uh, You'll notice he's probably already signed that. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> yeah, we, we've, we've crossed paths a few times, and, and hey, I'll see you again in November at Tricks, <laughs> right? We'll see yeah. you in Charlotte, that's right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a big year for conventions for both of us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Doug, good talking to you. And all will uh, good luck later in the um, with your lecture. Thank you, Scott. Okay. Good so magic word podcast. That was Doug Khan. Scotty. Yes. Well, as we said, this was, of course, the. Uh beginning of the first full day, and we just had the close-up competition, and right now uh, Chris Carter's got a lecture that's going on, but uh, I wanted to uh, get a chance to sit down and talk with a guest of honor for the convention, and he's been pulled in so many different directions, including last evening and being one of the star performers who was featured in the evening show. Uh, After 25 years of uh, being Merlin the Magician, now he continues to be none other than the ubiquitous Mr. Bill Palmer. Hey there, Bill. Hey there, Scott. (laughs) Scott. So glad that you're here congratulations on this honor too oh i I tell
4: you what I am so amazed that they would even consider honoring me for anything uh, so you know I, I I'm basking in my glory i guess I, I I'm loving it and i I'm trying not to not to pontificate too much but i'm I'm here to talk to some of the especially the new guys and and not just the young new guys because there's a lot of old new guys people who've just retired from being accountants or being lawyers or whatever and they're they're learning how to think like magicians right and it's different we aren't the same as as other people we look at point we look at a piece of of yarn and we think of, of immediately of breaking it into pieces and putting it back together.
1: Well, it's like, like John, Carney, John uh, Cornelius always said, is the hardware, story, hardware store is his toy shop or magic shop.
4: That's exactly right. I have been with John when he walked through into, into a place like Home Depot or yeah. whatever. He could walk from the front to the back of a room of hardware, and he could invent six tricks before he got to the counter. <laughs> and, and then he would, would go through those six tricks, and he would decide which one or two were, yeah. were possibly marketable. And he may end up with not with nothing that he could do on that trip, but maybe he'd have something he could file away in his memory banks for later. Uh, it was John was a, was a, a real trip in many ways.
1: I'm glad we're talking about him because what I wanted to discuss a little bit with you is because of your years in the T A O M, uh, some of the memories you have of going back, and whether that I, I know that Willard the Wizard actually had performed here, and you know, and you're named Willard, of course, yeah. <laughs> but by coincidence or.
4: It has absolute coincidence, no, okay. <laughs> nothing more. And in, in fact, uh, I, I know several members of the Willard family. That was his, their last name. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I knew Francis. I knew they uh, uh, used to have uh, uh, New Year's dinner with uh, Donnie Carnegie, and the Willards would come over. The, I think Jean was one of them that was still around here. And uh, we'd talk about about sometimes about the Willard show, but we didn't really discuss it right. that much, but I did get to see Willard one time. Uh, and that what was, was that? at the TAOM in 1960 at the shamrock. Uh, it was my first magic convention and I had my first contact lenses and my eyes were all inflamed because I'd been up for 36 hours and I could barely see anything, but I could hear the, I heard the Willard, the wizard show. <laughs> and, uh, later on I got to know, uh, Francis and, uh, and, and and Falkenstein. Did
1: they, did they do their spirit cabinet at the uh, TAOM? I don't remember. Okay.
4: But because uh, I was way in the back of the room. I, I know they did Noah's Ark. Okay. And that 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 I do remember that Any other long.
1: memories of uh, TAOM's past of someone or some show or some event that happened that? 6 oh,
4: I met uh, Tom Palmer when he and Gloria were, were still married, Gloria, uh, that, but later became Gloria Markham. And and Tom, that Tom was, Palmer, who uh, later uh, became Tony uh, Andrews. And, 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 and yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I pretty well knew the, knew his backstory. So when they talked to him about, about moving to Chicago to get away from the mob, that's when the quote about moving to Chicago to get away from the mob is like uh, moving into the forest to get away from the fire, or moving into the freezer to get away from the cold. And, uh, and I think, uh, was it, uh, T. A. Waters that published the, the book Unspeakable Acts. And that was, mm-hmm. that was the one about uh, Tony and That's the first time I've said that that name, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 used it as a reference. He was always Tom Palmer, mm-hmm. and, and we're not related. But we and were,
1: so you remember, of course, the uh, the act that later became Johnny Thompson's Great Tom. Thompson. Oh yeah, oh yeah,
4: yeah. I did. I do. And uh, now, Johnny Thompson. Uh, I remember meeting him at the TAOM in Houston, uh, which I think was 1976. Yeah, that was 1976. It was the bicentennial year because uh, Harry Blackstone Jr. performed at that convention and performed at a couple of other towns around us doing his bicentennial act. But uh, I met uh, Tom Sony. I, I had just seen a couple of things by him. I'd never actually seen him in person. And uh, Ed Pagna asked me if they could borrow my, uh, my tape deck. I had a, a Revox studio machine that was portable. And I said, sure, I don't mind doing that. And I brought it in and uh, uh, I, I gave it to, to Johnny. And I said, you know, I'm a big admirer of your work. And he said, I don't know how to take a compliment, man. I said, take it as it's intended. And later on, John, uh, Tom Sony and and Ham and I got to be good friends when he was working at Magic Island because I, I MC'd the show several times, mm-hmm. and I knew his cues, which the MC had to know because right. the MC was the guy that made the bowling ball happen and right. made I mean, you know made it roll out on stage and all that. And uh, he performed at the T A O M in Tyler. I remember that, and I came up to him when he was talking to the guy who was president of T A O M then. I said, "Hey Johnny, you need a." A train stagehand for your show tomorrow he says, "Yep." I said, "Okay, I'll be. I'll, I'll meet you at the theater." And that was it. And, was know, that the
1: uh, convention in Tyler when Markham fell off the stage? Yep, okay. that was the one. Yeah.
4: The one where he disappeared. He yeah. Disappeared right yeah.
1: straight. One, two, three, boom! Into yeah. the dumpster pit. Is there a lawyer in the house? <laughs> well, Gloria was sitting right in front of me, uh-huh. and everybody in the theater was laughing except for her. She leaned forward and said, "Oh my gosh!" And she was the only one who knew immediately yeah. that was yeah. not. That was not planned.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was kind of funny. That uh, that was the. Uh, that, I think that was the same night that. I got to the theater a little late because Thompsony needed some some hamburger patties for the chihuahuas. Hmm. You know, they always travel with those two chihuahuas, right. and so I, I drove him over to a Waterburger and we got or our, our to a Burger King one and we <laughs> picked up a couple of, of, of hamburgers for the for the, the dogs yeah. without without mayonnaise, without anything but a bun. You know, two, plain a, and naked, bun, but yeah. naked hamburgers. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, that, that, Tom Sony was, was an interesting character, and a, a, he was a delightful guy, and he had a brain on him the size of, of a house. I mean, he, was, he invented so much stuff that people don't even know he invented. Mm-hmm. He invented the Al Coran deck and gave it to Al.
1: And let Al take the credit for it. Yeah. Huh. That's the one that he
4: used with that Nemo 1500
1: wallet. You know, he was
4: a, he was a, just a
1: yep. you know, trade a show worker and cruise ships yeah, and uh, everything. Yeah.
4: He was a good, he was a, just a really terrific guy. Yeah. I, I really miss him. I, I'd I'd see him every time I went to Vegas. Right. And, and same with Pam. But anyway, that's a, that's neither here nor
1: there. Well, but, you, you, um, you talk about the Shamrock. That hotel is long gone. I remember Walter Blaney, I think. Well, I know he was president back when it was in the Shamrock. I recall the uh, story about uh, the SAM Assembly 19's charter was signed by Harry Houdini, which apparently hung there in the Shamrock Hotel where they used to meet. And so when it was demolished, I guess that went with it because nobody knows where that is now.
4: Oh, gee, I, you know, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. So it, it may be around somewhere that may have actually gotten... Uh, gotten sold during the distribution of pieces I have a souvenir of the of the shamrock myself that herbie Brockstein who was the guy that, that founded Brockstein music company and Promark drumsticks mm-hmm. uh, gave me for performing it at, at his birthday party mm-hmm. it was uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the door uh, things that they put on the back of the door that had the list of the rates and so oh, yeah the yeah rate yeah. Card right, and, right. yeah and but it was a shamrock rate card. I've got one of those. It's kind of, of course, they had thousands of or hundreds of them, because they had hundreds of rooms. Well, still.
1: the TAOm has always had the different uh, locations where they've hosted. Like, you know, yeah. this year it's here in the gallery area. We've yeah. had it downtown mm-hmm. uh, at the Hyatt, and they say the shamrock way back then. We've had yeah. it at uh, different places around um, as well. So... Um, it has been you've been attending for so many years usually this was around the time i think that the renaissance festival typically started Uh, wasn't it i probably you probably were rehearsing and so we couldn't make them all yeah
4: yeah, that uh that that was part of it the the renaissance festival would start in the uh the the early part of october Mm -hmm. usually and uh you know, it's been a bit. It's been been ages. I, I I made a few of those while I was working the Renaissance Festival, but
1: when's the last time that you put on the Merlin uh, conical hat?
4: Gee, uh, let's see. Oh, I'm trying to think. Oh, I remember. Uh, there was a there's an accordion convention that that before the pandemic used to take place in uh, in Las Vegas. It was called the Las Vegas International Accordion Convention. And it was international in two senses of the word. It was sponsored by a company called International Accordions Mm -hmm. out of Salt Lake City. And uh, the owner of the thing decided one year to hold the the convention on the the summer solstice. And I said, would you like to have the sun rise between the pillars of Stonehenge? He said, well, I was going to have a... picture of the the stones and the headstone right. with the sun coming up over it. I said, so how about if you have it without the the sun coming up and then it changes into the sunrise uh, coming over the, the hillstone, He says, how would you do that? I said I'll tell you how to how to make it and uh, if you if you decide you want to do it. And he says, I want to do it. So we rigged up a thing that would that would make that happen. I won't expose exactly right. how it worked, right. but, but the thing is uh, I came out in the Merlin outfit and I, I had a staff that I had made out of PVC pipe and contact paper, mm-hmm. and it had a really brilliant LED flashlight concealed in it that when I pushed the button with my thumb, It would go straight up into a big Swarovski crystal on the end of it, Mm -hmm. and it would radiate this intense light all around the room. And at that point, the the picture changed. Hmm. And it looked great in person because everybody's eyes squinted down to to nothing, and they couldn't see anything. They were blinded. But it didn't videotape well at all. (laughs) So the video is not nearly as good as the actual. As actual being in person, yeah. yeah. But it was—I I did that in Merlin Drag. And it was kind of fun because one of my favorite musical groups was there, and Riders in the Sky. Uh, the, the guy that plays accordion with them, Joey Miscellan, was the uh, lead accordion player for Frank Yankovic during his uh, his existence as the Polka King. Mm-hmm. You know, he was—he was the Polka Man. And I mean, these guys worked everywhere. Joey worked from, with with Frankie from at the, the age of fourteen or so until uh, until he was well into his 40s. Yeah. And uh, Joey's one of the nicest guys in the world. And the group is they're 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 just beautifully great entertainers. <clears throat> Pardon me. I took Walter Blaney to see to see them on my 70th birthday. We. Uh, we 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 went to see them he he said this is such a refreshing thing they work clean they're funny they're great musicians they're they're they're, they're wonderful yeah and uh, that was nice you know but uh, yeah I, that that's, that, that was the last time I did the Merlin.
1: Uh, it, well, I, I knew you hadn't been doing it in a few years like that. Well, Bill, it's very good to uh, see you. I'm so happy also for the honor that they have uh, given you, long overdue, uh, with the different accolades you would gotten in the last evening's show during a, a little bit of a break there. And so it was great. So congratulations, and uh, glad to have you as a friend, my friend. Thank you very much. I'm <laughs> glad to have you as a friend, too, Scott. Okay. Some of the magic word podcast. And that November was Bill Palmer. I'm packed. Remember our pact. I will. Yes. I'm yes. <laughs> okay, don't tell him. Okay, okay. Let okay. it be a surprise. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I may be the guy that tells him the surprise. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows?
1: Yeah. <laughs> the Magic All Word right. Podcast. That was Bill Palmer. Scotty out. <laughs> The morning activities have been outstanding, as uh, the rest of the convention has been uh, wonderful also. And we just finished a uh, wonderful lecture that was by Chris Carter. And we're soon going to be having the uh, children's special public show that was originally going to be with Mario the Maker. But uh, C.J. Johnson's filling in because of some medical issues uh, in uh, Mario's family. But I am here right now with a past international president and also Gold Cup winner of the IBM, by the way, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Oscar Munoz. Hey, my friend, Oscar. Hey, you? hi,
5: my friend. Doing great. It's good to see you. It's good to see you.
1: You as well. So uh, it's it, you've got a lot of things. You've been busy and traveling and doing. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, I just so. got back
5: from Detroit. We're looking uh, to do a convention, two 20, thousand uh, twenty-six, in Detroit, Michigan,
1: for who and with which Start convention? Celebrating
5: Houdini's hundredth um, years of uh, remembrance. Uh, he, he uh, my. It's hundred years that he's been recognized as a magician so mm-hmm. I think that's where we're celebrating Houdini. Yeah.
1: Oh okay and you're going to be part of that you say you're going to be performing or what
5: um, Well actually I'm the guy who they sent out to uh, find the place and then lose sleep uh, get stressed <laughs> and you know everything that comes along sure. about trying to yeah. create a convention exactly but uh, we're also working on it at the same time as doing uh, for the uh, convention in uh, Tacoma, Washington mm-hmm. in, in 2024. For the IBM, right. For for the IBM, yeah. So I want to get ahead, and we're looking at Dallas for 2025.
1: Oh, that'd be great. Yeah,
5: for for the uh, next IBM.
1: I don't think the IBM has been in Dallas. We've had it in San Antonio and Houston, but I don't recall we've had it in Dallas.
5: And Dallas is a beautiful place. And so we're looking for um, venue. A, a venue, yeah. And it's really, really hard to find a hotel that, you know, gives you low prices as far as is are concerned. That's why I was so happy about the combined convention with TAOM and the uh, SAM. Yeah, great, great pride. So I suggest everybody, you know, who's listening to this and wants to go to one of the best competitions ever, which is the FISM. And only to get to FISM, you've got to go through Dallas. So that's a that's an easier way than going all the way overseas.
1: <laughs> I think it's amazing because a lot of people will see some award-winning act. Those w- yes. acts that may be award-winning, you maybe see the next FISM. Uh, uh, our next, uh,
5: our next, yeah, next. You, you never know, uh, like a uh, next Lance Burton, a uh, next Sean Farquhar, our uh, next, you know, next person who up there in the caliber. I mean, you, you remember uh, at Magic Live, I saw you there, and you saw the top winner of the stage competition. Right, right, right. right which is right. amazing. I thought that thing actually had legs and arms.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. we swallowed. Bought it at that ball. I remember that was one of my favorite act. Oh yes, back. And then yes. when I, I was so surprised to see when Stan booked him, it's like, holy cow, you got that guy. Yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah. And and to know that that kind of quality will be yeah. in Texas and in Dallas with the SEM and TAUM yeah. is going to be phenomenal.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's going to be great for next year. And uh, as far as this convention goes, you've been attending this for a long number of years. And uh, any uh, memories you've got of this?
5: Oh man, watching some acts like Mr. Palmer last night, it brings back back memories of watching him first form I mean it is he's a treasure trove of information and and just routines as you go oh my god he's going there and he's doing this it's it's fantastic it was fantastic and and seeing like yourself here and seeing Trixie and seeing Dale and seeing all my friends that have been in this uh, magic uh, community it's uh it brings us memory I'll be hitting 60 with Godzilla in October Mm-hmm. And boy, but does my body hurt?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you feel more like seventy, huh? Oh yes, yes. <laughs> but you look and like fifty. You're looking no, great. No, 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 no.
5: I, I feel it. I feel it. But it is, it is, it is it turned out to be a great convention. I mean, so far, so good, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. And I think the uh, I don't want to say the best has yet to come because we've already had the best. But I think we got the best is yet yeah. more.
5: Right. 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 Yeah. No, it's 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 an add-on
1: bonus. It's That's an right. add-on bonus. Hi. Hey. Hi, Pen. Hi. Give me that, uh, you've got your application there. I want to get a application because I want to need the... Uh, oh, yeah, there's the, good information for, yeah, for the Yeah, thank people. you very much. Okay, so the information, by the way, of where you can go to register online for next year's convention is FISM-NACM.com. That's uh, FISM-NACM.com. So, yeah, and it's
5: going to be held on August the 30th, September the 2nd, 2024, Uh, Hey, if you're thinking that you can make the North American champions, what do you got to lose? Give it a try. Come
1: and compete. Yeah, come in
5: compete. Yeah, yeah uh, definitely.
1: Uh, and I might point out, too, typically the TAL convention is four days, or actually three and a half days, essentially. Right, right, We're right. adding another day on this because we have the S.A.M. that's involved with this. So it's so going to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That's great. That's yeah. more, more for the buck. That's exactly right. You get yeah. more for the dollars there as well. Right. Uh, now, I do want to talk to you about contests because uh, not only have you competed and won in contests, but right. you and Melody, uh, your wife, have been uh, involved as a contest chairman for the IBM a long number of years. Yeah, so.
5: we've been doing it for a better part of, like, ten years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's time for us now to move on. Uh, you know, uh, I always say that no, no um, position in the inter- International Brothers and is for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, the people that we have coming up are husband and wife team, mm-hmm. and uh, they have better ideas. Uh, um, Keith Fields and Lady Sarah will be taking our place. Mm. In 2024, they're shadowing us, and they're uh, going to be uh, taking over the competition.
1: Starting next year in Tacoma.
5: Uh, after Tacoma, so, yeah, okay. after Tacoma.
1: So yes, yeah. Now, one of the things I would like for you to talk about is encouraging people mm-hmm. to attend, or I should say, compete in competitions. Oh yeah. And why should they? Because it teaches you, if you. You're not really
5: competing against anybody else but yourself. Because it teaches you timing. It teaches you that you have a schedule. Deadline, it te- yeah, deadline. It teaches you. You know how to put an act under 10 minutes and be the strongest 10 minutes. I always tell my contestants that are competing in the International Brothers of Magicians have a strong eight. Mm-hmm. Strong eight. Because you can always add, but once you go over the 10, you're disqualified. That's so a have good a point. strong, yeah, because you're a strong act. If your comic does the magic, you gotta remember the laughter applause, the timing. Uh, you have to wait if they're going to applaud for you or laugh for you you've got to end that because you can't say we'll laugh for two minutes and that's why I went over
1: so if you have some music that's always something good because actually that's time
5: actually let but... you like say that when I competed I used music mm-hmm. as a form of timing
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: so I knew when the, when the music was over I I was over so yeah
1: I hadn't thought about this, but also it wouldn't be a bad idea. I think even for a comedian, comedy magician, right. to have music behind him because of or her because of the syncopation, uh, you know, right. the, the tempo of that, that you can time your laughter right. and allow the. Yeah. Uh, people to appreciate and applaud going counting one two three, three yeah. and if you actually have music in the background you don't have to imagine that you actually have that tempo
5: right and, uh, and, and for those who are just doing speaking parts always have a watch or something that's going to vibrate it's going to tell you I got I got yeah. a minute to, to close or I got a minute so you won't go over yeah. but you always try competing is only beneficial to you as the entertainer I mean if you decide to make magic as, as, a, as a profession or just doing it on the weekends, you still got to know timing. You still got to know, all right, I, it's time to finish. or no, when to wrap up, you know, but so much. We want to give more, but we know that we only have time. I remember a good friend of mine yelling at me once for going overtime, mm-hmm. you know, and you learn really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> that it's not just you it's the people that are behind you they got you know equal the time that they're allotted right. on stage so
1: I want to also point out that competitions are not just for adults I was no, talking with right. my friend John Grabi several years ago in which he was listening to the podcast and he said I didn't realize that uh, competitions are also for youth and he said my children then got involved and has changed their lives uh, they become more extroverted and interested in, sure. not necessarily just in magic yes they are but they also have learned to have more confidence that's you know, the
5: definitely. word I think that as you hit Right nail on the head is that you develop confidence within yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not agor, uh, arrogance; it's confidence, knowing that you can get up and talk on anything. Right, right. You know, it so doesn't have to be
1: magic. It's a good thing for children to sure. learn. And of what is the age group, by the way? Uh, how young can people be to kids? To, um, once or, you're a
5: member of IBM, if uh, you're 15, at 11? Uh, I believe it's 15. Is it now? Okay. Yeah, 15. Uh, you can compete.
6: Okay.
1: Yeah. So it's just fifteen to eighteen as junior,
5: junior, right, right, okay. right, and then adults, well, obviously.
1: I thought we had changed that to eleven because it was older and they reduced it down to eleven. Maybe they haven't. I might
5: be I might be wrong, but I'll check and get
1: back to you. But yeah, <laughs> there we go. Uh, but the uh, the point is, I would encourage people. Oh, yes. not I mean, thinking, okay, well, I'm not an adult.
5: Well, you don't have but to be an adult. Early, yeah. You're never too early to even to start. Right. I mean, because you can do it in your local ring or assembly. Mm-hmm. Or you can have, a little, uh, you know, which would be great for the local rings and assemblies to have within themselves a contest mm-hmm. who might be the ring or the assembly might say, you know what, we'll support you as a youth to go to the national convention and compete or go to regional convention and compete. So it creates and fosters uh, un- unity within the ring or the assembly.
1: Yeah, right. Well, uh, you've been an inspiration then also oh. to a lot of people by leading, leading the Same way. Well, you. thank you. But leading the way as far as entering competitions and then putting your money where your mouth is in the standpoint exactly. you know that you actually said, I'm going to take charge of the contest for all these years. How many years have you been doing this? A uh, better part of 10 years. I thought for quite yeah. some time that yeah, you have. Yeah, yeah, you you yeah, yeah. and Melody have done a it great was, job.
5: It's it it been an honor to, to, to work with the International Brotherhood Magicians, but also it's an honor to work with those people. Mm-hmm. They may not have made it first place. They may not have even placed the cool thing is, that we developed friendships and families. Yeah. Um, one of the ones that made it big, but never won the gold cups with Shimlin.
1: That's right. Well, I remember that you very know? well.
5: Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you were one of the judges. We sat well, there for yeah. what hours discussing yeah. this, yeah. and and but look at him now.
1: That's right. You know.
5: I mean. That's the point. But it's good, to, good, I good to know that we, mm-hmm. meaning you and I and all the other judges and his friends were part of making him the success that he is today, or at least giving him the confidence to go out there and compete in the national, international world of magic.
1: I would say also, when people are considering competing next year for FISM, the North American Championships, they really are going to need to step up their game, because you're going to be competing on a world level, and so if there are some opportunities, I'm talking now to you out there who are listening, who are uh, potential competitors, to look at some of these videos of other foreign acts, particularly look at past winners, and I I don't want you to be discouraged thinking, I can never do that, I'm out. Wait, 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 wait. What I'd like to tell people is if you're deciding to
5: compete at a at the fism level you should have a team
1: yes of good advice
5: have a team a good friend of mine uh, who won the north american champion sir mcdonald had a team yeah. he, he had myself sean farquhar and others who he would contact send videos we go why you do this why did you do that what if you did this what if you did that and he not only listened to one person he had a team of theatrical lighting sound costume it was just a team of people that helped them to succeed in the North American championship
1: Well, I know Brent Braun does that as well. Like with the people who are going to be on Penn and Teller Foolish, that are going to right. be on America's right, Got right. Talent, you know, like after they go gone forward, okay, what do we do next? And they'll contact Brent, Brent Brent, and others about that. And I think it's important if you do want to be successful, don't Great rely team. just on yourself because as much not- as you think you can do it all, you really can't. Right, right.
5: I mean, look at the guy who won uh, the Fism that we saw at, at uh, Magic Live. Mm-hmm. It was just not him, it was a group of people that created that whole entire act yeah. but we saw the man up front who created the, the, and made the, the, the magic happen.
1: So don't be afraid to reach no, out to never, other magicians, never. particularly in your club or whatever, right, to right, say right. what do you guys think and, and to show these other people uh, in your club your act and get advice. When I remember I, before I go to the Magic Castle uh, I usually and I'm, I'm working in the close up room or even the parlor that I will do that act at the club and right. I will get, ask, for, ask advice. for advice and I've gotten some tremendous which, advice. Which
5: is, which right. is great because you learn how to take criticism, uh, construct constructive criticism. And the way I tell kids that, or people that, is listen to what they have to say. Don't get angry or upset if you don't hear what you want to hear, but understand that they're giving it out of their respect to the, to the art of magic. Sure. Because none of us want anyone to fail. Right. right? So listen, and if it fits you, and if it fits the way you're thinking or the character that you want to play, then take it in and experiment. What if they are right? You might be angry at them. Oh, what, what is, you know, well, why did he say that? Because, you know, I think it should be done this way. Well, because he may look at, at it at a different From way. a director standpoint. Yeah, maybe. right, right, right. Or, and, and you should understand that when they're giving you a critique, it's not personal.
1: Well, and I also say it's not necessarily just your choreography or your blocking or whatever. Uh, Going back to the example I was just giving, I remember one time that I'd done one, and Daniel Garcia was a club member, and he was uh, at the meeting, and he said, "Scott, I'd suggest you do this, this, and this." And one of his, and I I took to heart all of them, and I made my changes because I trust what he says. But not only that, one of the minor things was I've got like an Apple Watch, and so it will flash on and off. And he said, "That's distracting. You need to remove your watch." Wow, I mean, such a minor thing. No, I wouldn't have. (laughs) Every time I work at the Castle, I take off my watch backstage. Well, that, that you know,
5: that's an interesting <laughs> because I would never have thought of that, which is amazing. But see, but that little tweak, that yep. little thing, just made you a lot better. Yeah, you know, it's distracting. And, yeah, right, right. And so they thinking of going out competing at, at uh, the the FISM, I think SCM and TUM, uh, a great mixture that would uh, help other magicians. Uh, You know, they can always reach out to me or they can reach out to any of the members and say, hey, I'd like to compete. What do you think about this? And again, uh, it only helps you and you never know. I mean, it can open so many doors for you. The Gold Cups for me, uh, I had no... uh, in my time, when I was going up, I had like 40 AOM trophies, which gave me the confidence to go to the national competition. Uh, and from there, um, I didn't really have another jump start or another yeah. thing to go to the Level, FISM. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think you know, uh, the World Cups opened a lot of doors for me back back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, now, uh, God's will, I'll be 60 in October. Mm-hmm. If I keep my body from hurting so much, uh, maybe I'll, you know, go back go uh, and see other conventions. But, yeah,
1: yeah. Good advice. We could talk for hours. Oh, yes, and Thank yes. you guys very much, Oscar. It's thank you very much. a pleasure to chat with you. So, the Magic Word Podcast. That was Oscar Munoz. This is Scotty Allen. I think it's appropriate we actually of course get around to talking to the president of the uh, TAOM for this year in 2023 and I have been kind of stayed out of his way because I know how busy that he's been I've done that myself and so it's kind of hard to even t- pull a few minutes away but I was able to do that and here he is right now my friend and yours He is the president of uh, this year's TAOM Mr. Dick Olson. Hey there Richard how are you? Hi, Scott, and welcome to all your listeners. So, thank you very much for all that you've uh, done. It's been although it's been a year, it probably seems
3: like (laughs) twenty that you've been working. It it does, but you know what makes it so good? I've had such a great team of people helping and putting this together. You couldn't have done it without the people, as such as yourself, Mm -hmm. but also Gene Protus and Jamie Slinus. The three of us are really the organizers of the convention. But then we have people like uh, Rick Haber who did the contest. we have a big staff of people checking people in, yeah, Bert and Bert did, yeah. Rosenbluth has been our our registrar and our co-chairman on it. So we, it's just been excellent.
1: Plus the many people who are parts of those committees as as well.
3: Right, yeah, people that are helping, uh, you know, handing out the tickets and. Uh, uh, steering people to the right places in the hotel. You know, at it, Lee Weiss has set up the, the the website for us, so lots and lots of people. That it's
1: and I know this uh, has been challenging, or I should say that you have come across many challenges right up to the last minute, even. We were talking about Mario the Magician, who is supposed to be doing a show right now, but C.J. Johnson had to fill in.
3: So. Yeah, we were so excited to have Mario uh, come and do the show, and then two days ago we got the message that... Uh, uh, his father-in-law was having some health issues, and they, they couldn't afford to come mm-hmm. out for it. So CJ uh, was able to come in and fill in for us. So that's, uh, the show is actually going on right now as we sit here in <laughs> talk. office.
1: And that's open to the public. And so how public ticket sales been going?
3: I, You know, I haven't had a chance to really go okay. check, but I think there's quite a few people that uh, have signed up for that.
1: We had a very good show last night that you emceed and did a great job, and you have come full circle. We were just talking about some of the time that you first came to Houston and now becoming
3: president well, really it's it's an interesting story I came to my first magic convention in 1996 it was the taOM here in Houston so now coming full cycle 27 years later now I'm the president of the organization and I uh, just couldn't be happier to, to be be the person that's doing this so yeah, it's, it's yeah. a wonderful experience
1: doing a great job and there as I said have been some challenges and also some some things that are satisfying and I'm sure going back in a few days you'll be able to look actually take a breath you can't look back probably for a few weeks until this kind of sinks in right. but are there still some things that you are looking forward to that uh, it's like oh I can't wait for the rest of the people to enjoy what my excitement is about here
3: right well one of the things that I'm really excited about is the talent that we've been able to get to come to the convention, such as uh, Steve Valentine, uh, who rarely comes to conventions, but uh, we were able to finagle and get him not only to come to the convention and present, he'll be on the show tonight, but also tomorrow night he's doing a lecture for us, which is also very rare. And then Michael Finney was, is another one that was really an excellent find. Uh, Scott, you and I were able to sign him up uh, last year at the at this ISM thing. So it's it's wonderful to have Michael here. Um, and then just all the other talent that David uh, uh, and Rangel was able to, to uh Generate for us. Uh, Doug Kahn is going to be lecturing for us today, I think. I think
1: it today at 3, I believe.
3: I believe so. And Doug, I, I was able to see his lecture uh, in New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans a couple of weeks ago. A phenomenal lecture. And I, th- I think the audience is just going to eat it up when they see that. So. Yeah,
1: I'm glad that it worked out such that he's going to be giving an afternoon lecture because we have a chock block of schedule. I, I mean, We've got. I think tonight is the midnight madness. Begin like at 1.30 or something in the uh, I morning. Think,
3: I think it's twelve thirty when it starts. But okay. yeah, it's. I, I told in my I talked in my opening letter that's uh, in the program that. Um, uh, uh, pretend to or just uh, prepare to be sleep deprived, <laughs> because we start early in the morning at like eight thirty in some of the days, and we go to two o'clock. And there have been and, some uh, overlapping things too Oh yeah there's been some it's, there's a lot of stuff going on here. We may have overloaded this schedule but we wanted to make sure that uh, Houston put on an excellent. Uh, convention for, for everybody. We have a reputation that we have to live up to. I think we've met it.
1: I think Houston is shining bright right now. You know, this is Space City and the uh,
3: home of the stars, and I think we've reached for the stars and we've attained that, I believe. Yeah. Well, and particular, you know, last night's show was especially good because it was all Houston magicians. Uh, we started the show with David and Jake Rangel, and then we had uh, Bill Palmer, the, our uh, guest of honor at the convention. And followed by Harry Maurer. and boy, what top acts! Uh, the show may have gone a little long, cause it, uh, uh, but it was it was great. It was, it was, it was phenomenal. Very solid. I, I heard no complaints about uh, about the show at all last night, other than the convention room was a little bit cool. You know, <laughs> keep people awake. Yeah, the hotel uh, maybe have dialed down the the AC just a little bit too much, but uh, well, maybe
1: expecting more bodies.
3: Perhaps. Yeah, well, it could have could have been, but it was it was really good. So,
1: but the hotel has been really wonderful as far as the amenities that we've had, we uh, the food, the the staff has been helping us, uh, have been on board and are happy that we're here, and everything is fairly new and renovated, and the rooms are great. I'm satisfied with everything all around.
3: Well, one of the things that we were excited, we we looked at every. Hotel in the Houston and Galveston area that could potentially be a, a site for our convention. You know, they had a big enough convention area. They they could do the things we'd want and at a price that we wanted to do. And all the other hotels fell off until we found this one, and they just jumped out at us. They wanted us. They want our business. They bent over backwards to help uh, help us out. The rooms are wonderful, it's in a good location. Because one of the problems as we all remember in the past, when we've had conventions in the downtown area, on Sunday there's nothing open and made it really hard to people to eat outside of the hotel. So this way we've got lots of things to do. Uh, we also set up the, uh, the limited registration for our guests because there's a lot of people, that they, they like going to the shows, but they could care less about going to the conventions. Well, that allowed us then to, to let the magicians bring their spouses on as well. There
1: were two other perks I need to address before we start to wrap up over here, and those are both due to John Mitchley.
3: Yes. John Mitchley prepared a special poster on Walter Zaney Blaney, and his thing is spectacular. We had them printed, signed, and numbered for all of our full registration uh, uh, guests that came to the, uh, the show. And then he also prepared one on Bill Palmer. The, our guest of honor at the hotel. Both of them are spectacular, and so our guests get both posters. Yep, as, all the registrants get, get free posters. Yes. yes. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun. They're one of a kind. They they really are. So, yeah.
1: if anybody might be interested in that, are we going to be having those available? We might think about uh, selling
3: yeah. those and you can send a
1: poster tube to them.
3: Or? Yes. Uh, we haven't kind of worked out the details as. But anybody here that wants to buy them, there, you know, we have them available. But if they want to There's contact experience. you and get more details, they contact yeah, you. They could contact me, and yeah, no, we'll we'll figure First it out. Uh, it's O L Y S O N at S W Bell dot net. That's S W B E L L dot net. Yeah. at S W Okay, and then you can ask, and then
1: that you're interested, and he can give you some. De- Dick will give you some details. Right. Sounds great. Dick, thank you very much for
3: doing a great job. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Scott. It's always fun, and thank you for all the help you've given us uh, doing the marketing for the program and the publicity. So we we're very happy with what's going on. Well,
1: I think it's uh, done well, and thank you again. So for the Magic Word Podcast, uh, that was Richard Olson, President of the 2023 Texas Association of is Scotty out. We are here with Michael Finney, who was the MC for today's evening show, and he is one of the uh, outstanding talents here at this uh, convention for the T.A.O.M. It's good to see you. Have uh, that You had you. a good
6: time so far? Yes, it's been really enjoyable. I mean, it uh, started Friday night with a really good show. I really enjoyed Harry. and uh, Harry Maurer did a great job. He killed it. Yeah. Now, you
1: were here early on Thursday. You did like a private show
6: or something or like public yes, or I, what? I have to mention that uh, Harry Maurer does a little private show on Thursday nights at an Italian restaurant. And uh, he was gracious enough to ask me if I wanted to come in and do the night and, and relax before the convention, which... These days, I need a little time to just yeah, relax and sure. unwind. So it was great spending uh, Wednesday night with Harry and Carol Ann, and then the show Thursday night, and then the, obviously they drove me down up here to the, to the convention, and, and it, they made the whole thing really an easy go for me. Well,
1: I wish I was still in Houston, so that way I could have joined you. I would have loved to have seen the show Thursday night.
6: We had a great time, and um, I will duplicate that tomorrow night. And so
1: tomorrow night you're going to be lecturing, or not? You're lecturing tomorrow or you're just performing? No, I'm just doing my evening show with Rob Lake. And so Rob's going to be the uh, evening uh, performer. And so, as past president of the, uh, past international president of the International Magicians, uh, International Brotherhood of Magicians, sorry, you have uh, also been a person who has been going out and
6: uh, helping to uh, solicit more membership. And so, well, obviously, you want to promote as much as you can in that position. You have the opportunity to do it, and it kind of validates. But, you know, I I'm, I will never be able to explain or express to anyone what magic has done in my life. Um, Mm. I I probably, you know, somehow would have succeeded at something, but never Mm. as grand as what I've been able to do with magic. And so magic just gave me an opportunity. And I think it gives a lot of people who try it, an opportunity to find something else about themselves. And when I started doing magic, it it made me feel complete. It made me feel as though, you know, I could do something and it would be me and it's me. And I get to call the shots and so I tried to learn as much as I could from as many people as I could, which is why at this time in my life I miss so many of the people that helped me. But I uh, Like adore. the fellow in
1: Phoenix. Who, uh, what was the fellow's name who had run the magic shop? That well, was that in? was
6: Bert Easley. Yeah, Bert Easley. The vaudevillian right. magician yeah. known as the Tipsy Trickster. Yep. It was his son, Herb Easley, and then it was Jack Sutherland who was my mentor. Jack's the guy I'm thinking of, yeah. Yes, Jack I spent time with him uh, in the very beginning. I used to go, I used to drive by the shop on the way to my bartending job at four o'clock in the afternoon. So I would always take another extra hour or half an hour to stop in and see Jack and find out what was going on. That's where I met Harry Anderson. Um, Jack said, "Come in a little early Harry was today. There. I got somebody to meet. I want you to meet." <laughs> and He's it was Harry and 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 harry uh, had learned from jack jack was one of harry's mentors back in the day really and we were both pallbearers at jack's funeral and that's our connection and, and how we became friends so i thought harry was an austin magician uh well here. Uh, originally uh, a lot of his stuff came through phoenix and he huh. may have been in Austin. That may have been that. But I met him in Phoenix through Jack. Yeah. yeah. And I know that he traveled through Phoenix with his first wife, I believe. And mm-hmm. um, I didn't know much about him, but i had seen him on TV. And then getting, getting to meet him and hang out with him a little bit. Now, and, that wasn't and, Mac when you had the, uh, uh, the Finney Bones, was nope, it? Nope. You know what? Um, Harry was such a big star by the time Finny Bones came along that I didn't get to see him as much then. And it wasn't until after that we got to reconnect again. Yeah, and you were good friends. Yes, Harry. I mean, who doesn't love Harry Anderson? And and it, right. it was him that you know put a hand out to me and welcomed me. Yeah, and that was you know that was a confidence builder. And and even Jack said to Harry, "He goes, you better watch him. He's go- he's going to be funny." And so Harry Harry just put. Put his arm around me and said, "Welcome to the club," you know, and so that that was that was that was a and highlight of my life. You felt like you're life. part of the group, yeah, and all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, because I was, you know what? Guys like Harry knew nobody was a threat to him. There, there. was nothing nothing to worry about, and so he was kind, and, uh-huh. and so he deserved all of the sex, success he ever got. Yeah.
1: Well, and the same with you. I think you would deserve all the success you've had. And you've been I learned, working in so
6: I many places? Uh, I learned by imitating what those other people did. That's and how to you get stand along on the in this shoulders business. of giants. Yes, yes, sir. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you've done a
1: wonderful job here this evening. It was uh, great seeing you in this evening show. did a wonderful job. Looking forward
6: to seeing you tomorrow as well. Thank you so much, Scotty. I, I'm, now, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow night. I kind of set myself up for a good time tomorrow yeah. by getting to do what I got to do and doing straight stand-ups. So tomorrow's going to be, you know, I'll be in my, my environment, Irrelevant. my yeah. wheelhouse, and it, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to make this crowd laugh. And so it's going to be some of the stuff from your CD? Uh, a little bit from the CD, but mostly I'll be doing my magic. Uh, Dry my, heat. My, my, my fan style, yeah. I'll, well, yeah. I did some of that tonight. I'll try oh, to touch yeah, yeah. on Lightly tomorrow. <laughs> I wanted to separate the two, and I, it was a great opportunity Perfect for me to do that. Perfect yeah. yeah, Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Well, Michael, you're a good buddy, and I appreciate uh, you coming here and being here.
6: Scotty, thank you so much for all your kindness. You know I appreciate you. Of course. So the Magic Word Podcast. That was Michael Finney. Scotty out.
1: We've just finished the evening show right now, and there are more activities that are happening here on uh, uh, Saturday night. And one of the people that I want to talk with is someone, Magical Katrina, who is one of our performers, and she just got in today from Burning Man, actually. She was out uh, uh, in California or Nevada. Where is that, actually?
0: Black Rock City, which is Burning Man, is in Nevada.
1: Nevada. There you go. And so she's going to be one of the performers. who's going to be... Lecturing here shortly. In fact, she's on a panel discussion, she's going to be performing and everything. Anyhow, please welcome my guest, uh, Magical Katrina. Hey, Katrina, how are you?
0: Hello, I'm good.
1: <laughs> so, are you anxious to come to this convention? It's the first time you've actually performed here, I believe, at the uh, TAOM.
0: Yeah, I've never been to TAOM before, and I'm very excited. It's actually my first in person mm-hmm. lecturing. I've lectured virtually a lot, and I've done a penguin right. lecture. But this is my first time in person. So it makes it a lot easier to throw tomatoes or flowers at me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, are you a little bit uh, kind of trepidatious? I mean, you're a little bit kind of nervous a little bit as far as uh, this being your first live lecture?
0: Well, so my lecture I think is going to be awesome. I Everything I'm teaching is stuff that I have tested and has made me successful and make a living. So I think, I think it's going to be great no matter where you are in your career, you'll learn something. Or if you're right. a hobbyist, you'll learn something and everything is actionable and helpful. Um, so I'm really excited about the lecture. I'm a little nervous to do the close-up magic because fooling magicians is a lot harder than laymen.
1: Well, that's true. Now, you were on Penn & Teller Fool Us and you were doing some fire reading as I recall, and that was kind of hard to fool Penn.
0: Um, You just confused me with Jessica Jane.
1: I thought you did some fire eating. No,
0: Carissa Hendricks and Jessica Jane are both babes and both do fire eating, (laughs) Uh, but I am neither of them, but we are all redheads. Uh, Jessica Jane, (laughs) I think, did something with ash on her arm.
1: But you did do. I didn't.
0: Yes, I did. It's okay. I'm very flattered to be confused. And it's funny because I think Lucy Darling slash Carissa Hendricks also Mm. fire eats. So I think it's a fiery redhead female magician thing.
1: Must be. Yeah. But,
0: <laughs> but uh, I actually I did a an out of this world with photos of people. Oh, that's
1: right. I, I, and uh, right. with a
0: prediction at the end.
1: And that's something you'll be teaching in your lecture?
0: Yeah, I'm going to be teaching that in my lecture, and it's great because you can do it with all sorts of themes. It doesn't have to be photos of men and women. It mm-hmm. can be photos of anything. So it's great.
1: And as I recall, did you do this also on uh, Masters of Illusion?
0: Yes, yeah, they wanted me to do it there, too. And uh, and I have a children's version where I have them help me pick out a pet, which is pretty mm-hmm. adorable.
1: Yes, very cool. So as far as uh, you coming here against first con- have you worked at other conventions and performed your lecture? Or is this your first time lecture ever, anywhere? Um,
0: I've performed the lecture at a few different rings. Um, I mm-hmm. did it at IBM's Ring One in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I hope I got that right. <laughs> Please fact check. Please comment Saint on Louis. this. yeah. Oh, yes. Please comment if Ring 1 is somewhere else. Um, and I did that virtually. So I've done variations of this lecture for different online uh, things, uh, and it's kind of shaped it. It was first a Frankenstein lecture of, like, four different topics, and then I organized it, and I just made it 52 hacks and tips and tricks.
1: I remember when you were doing some Zoom things during uh, uh, for the Magic... Castle, I believe, and some other kinds of things, right?
0: Yeah, I did a virtual magic show for the Magic uh, Academy of Magical Arts, Magic Castle, and um, that was really fun. I can't ever really do that show though, because it was an 18-minute show where I was stuck in a time loop, and it was Groundhog's Day, so uh. it's <laughs> it's not really possible to go to a like Timmy's seventh birthday and be like where am I I'm reliving the day over and over again (laughs)
1: like
0: that people would be like is she okay (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it was really fun to do for the castle
1: (laughs) so you also were on uh, Masters of Illusion is that right or Mm -hmm,
0: yeah I was on Masters of Illusion and I also toured Mexico with Champions of Magic and sometimes I confuse them and I say Masters of Champions of Illusion of Magic I
1: kind of get those (laughs) confusions. yeah that's right and so you're in Mexico and so who else were you working with?
0: Uh, oh, it was awesome. Young and Strange did Illusions. And um, Alex, uh, oh, my God, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm on one hour of sleep because I came in from Burning Man. So I'm kind of, oh, Alex McClear was the mentalist. Oh, yeah, Alex. And, um, oh, my gosh, this really amazing escape artist. And I should know his name, and this is very embarrassing because uh, I can't remember his name right now. But
1: Holly England took your place, right?
0: Yeah, well, so she, I would say she took more Kayla Drescher's place. I was a temporary sub during COVID. Kayla was
1: first, and then you, and then... I
0: think it was actually Gay, or no, Faye Presto. Faye Presto did the tour in England, and then Kayla took over for a few years. And then um, I think Kayla still was doing it, but she had some immune problems in Hmm. COVID. Uh, Have no fear, so I just did it (laughs) during, uh, it was 2021, I think, and... um, then And I just did it for like a short run. And then Holly England did it and took mm-hmm. over. I don't know who's who's doing it now.
1: I think Holly may still be doing well, it. Well, she's that.
0: doing Monday Night Magic. Well, that's true. But perhaps they're taking a break because I know they aren't constantly on tour.
1: I don't think um, so. But it was,
0: it was really fun. It was one of the most professional, um, exhilarating, chaotic, and just rewarding and wonderful tours and things I've ever done. And every time you go out on stage you're like just magically appear and there's just probably thousands of dollars of pyrotechnics and you just feel like a rock star so how'd you a, get
1: contacted for that
0: um uh alex and i can't remember his name who's the producer he reached out to me and um misty night from kyle right. and misty she right. recommended me and she's great she also books cruise ships too and mm-hmm. she always is helping other women and is really really awesome i love kyle and misty
1: have you done some cruise ships
0: I have not yet. I, uh, I'm i repped for it, but I haven't uh, done them yet. I think after COVID, they're not booking as much. Um,
1: so you hope too soon?
0: I hope to. I think it'd be fun. I, I mean, you get a free cruise. That sounds awesome. But you're also <laughs> really lonely, I've heard. So yeah. I think that I'll do it and I'll enjoy it for while, the novelty. And I'll probably read all of Tarbell finally because I'll be so bored.
1: Yep. Well, <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, hearing your uh, talk a little bit later as far as the panel discussion goes. And I'm glad that you're here.
0: Yay, thank you so much for having me. This is <laughs> such an honor. I am so excited and honored to be here with all of these wonderful magic makers. We have the coolest job ever.
1: We really do. Thank you very much. And so, that for the Magic Board podcast, that was Magical Katrina, Scotty Allen.